What's going on, coaches? Hopefully, everyone is having a great weekend. Uh, Memorial Day coming up, depending on when you're listening to this. I'm recording it. Memorial Day is coming up to tomorrow. Um, it's actually here in, in Broken Arrow. Normally, they do a really cool thing uh, for the veterans' uh, graves. They put up these huge, giant flags. There's hundreds of flags that uh, where my grandpa uh, and grandma are buried. Um, but they're not doing that this year, obviously, because of the, all the COVID stuff going on. So that'll be unfortunate. But we're looking forward to bringing the kids down like we do every year, um, showing them, you know, grandma, grandpa's grave, uh, showing them, you know, what some other true heroes look like um, that are that have served this great country. So um, we're excited to get to be together for Memorial Day uh, and celebrate everybody who has uh, obviously lived, died, uh, fought for this country. Uh, so we can be free and, and be in the greatest country uh, ever. So uh, hopefully you guys enjoy your Memorial Day. Anything you guys need from us, you can find over at runthepower.com. Uh, videos, more podcasts, um, all sorts of stuff, summits, everything over at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Guardian Caps. Do you have linemen? Are their helmets getting scuffed up during inside run period? If so, there's a way to protect those shells and reduce the repetitive blows your guys are taking during the week. Guardian Caps reduces 20 to 33% of the impact, really focusing on those big guys in the trenches, like we coach. Worn by Clemson, Texas, Oklahoma, Washington, Virginia, 150 other colleges, and over 1,500 high schools across the country, including mine at Broken Arrow and Coach Walls in Ankeny. They are currently running an early bird promo. It's an unbelievable uh, price for them right now, 40 caps, for two thousand uh, dollars with 10 of them for free plus 10 free so you get 10 free ones as well check them out in our free show uh, in our show notes or go to guardiansports.com football this episode of the podcast is also brought to you by our guys over at just play the team at just play hooked us up with their product as you guys know uh, and it's been a game changer for us if you've seen us on twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all we obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formations, so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. On this episode, a uh, very special one for me. I get to talk to the guys uh, back at Houston, make my way back there. We talk with Brandon Jones. Coach Jones is the offensive line coach at my alma mater, University of Houston. Listen, listen as we talk with Coach Jones about his immersion in the air raid football coaching tree, experience with vertical pass setting, and how to install and practice the air raid up front. You can follow Coach Jones on Twitter at Coach Jones B. Hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, it was uh, well. Obviously, I'm Brandon Jones uh, uh, down here at University of Houston. Um, my my story really started. Uh, I played my college ball at Texas Tech. 
Um, and that's kind of where, you know, I got to meet Dana. That's where I met Bill. Um, that's where uh, I met Ruffin, uh, which so I'll kind of tie back in the story here uh, lately. Obviously, I met Cliff, you know, when, when I was a freshman. And, um, you know, my brother-in-law, he coaches receivers at Oklahoma. I mean, like, like everybody – it just all kind of happened like perfect alignment. Uh, it was a decent player, um, you know, kind of played some mop-up duty the first couple of years, started last two years at center. Um, <clears throat> uh, played for Bill, uh, which I hated at the time, but, you know, I've grown really, really fond of him now. Uh, and <laughs> he's, basically, he's pretty much a mentor to me, so I can't say enough good things about him. Um, but you know, after, after, um, after when I graduated, I wanted to do like PR for a sports team. At that time, Bill was going to Arizona. <clears throat> he asked me that I want to come GA there. Um, and you know, I was just recently engaged. I got engaged, uh, you know, during the season, uh, my wife was a teacher, a high school teacher at the time. So we, we stayed in Lubbock, you know, Leach gave me an opportunity to be a graduate assistant. Uh, that's really where I got to, you know, get around the other coaches. You, you, you can obviously understand there was quite a transition from player to coach, just the preparation, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff that you don't necessarily notice as a player. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, you had Ruffin McNeil there and you obviously had Dana there. Um, you know, you had Art Browse there at some point in my career, like all these like top, coaches you obviously had Lincoln me and Lincoln are the same age and uh, you know we've worked together but so Dana comes to me one day and he's like hey I've got a job opportunity for you or no I'll actually tell you the first deal so my first year GAN uh, I guess BJ had left and they gave me they flew me down for an interview and that's when Jake Spavital picked me up and you're gonna mm -hmm. really this will really blow your mind he picked me up from the airport, and uh, that's where I first met Jake. And, uh, you know, I was young. I was 23. You know, I knew drills and stuff like that. I didn't understand game plan, and, you know, I just wing it. Hell, at Tech, we only ran the ball four times a game, so it didn't matter. Could really pass pro um, and all that stuff. And, the uh, you know, didn't get the job. They actually hired BJ then, excuse me. Um, and, you know, I just wasn't down, but, you know, I was – thought I'd have a chance because me and Dana were pretty close from GAN, you know, all that stuff. And he calls me <clears throat> and he's like, hey, I've got a job for you at uh, Sam Houston. You need to take it. He's like, it's running back to tight ends. I'm an old line. I was like, I'm not taking that. That's stupid. I'm not doing it. And, you know, he's like, you, you're going to do it. So I ended up going <laughs> to Sam Houston uh, and, you know, like Ruffin, uh, McNeil at the time. You know, he prepared me, you know, get, did like a mock interview with me. He was a defensive coordinator at the time. He didn't have to do that. Well, I think he flew, played for my flight there, you know. So, Ruff's always been, you know, a, a good part of, of my journey, too. Uh, go to Sam Houston, you know, we had really good ball security. I can tell you that much. Uh, and I had to coach returners, which I didn't return any punts or kickoffs. But, <laughs> In your you know, life. I think I think that helped me. You know, it was a different different kind of scheme, kind of a weird deal. Uh, we get fired in six months. So my first full time job get fired in six months. I was actually <clears throat> going to do quality control 
with uh, Dana when he went to Oklahoma State. So I went to Oklahoma State for about two or three days. Uh, you know, Graham Harrell came. Uh, Jake was still, you know, Dana's like right-hand man. Hell, I spent the night at Jake's grandma's house that night. And Ruffin, had, I knew he'd got the job at East Carolina, just kind of a matter of time. Uh, I'm 24 at the time. He offered me on my first, you know, full-time job there. We'd go there. Um, and it's me and Lincoln, basically. Lincoln's OC. Uh, and, you know, we were there five years and, you know, got some really, really bad coaching out of the way. You know, it was kind of learning on the fly. Um, you know, at that time, I think we were vertical setting, you know, thinking I was still uh, at Texas Tech and we were just mm -hmm. getting a few. So just your, your, my maturation, I think, through that whole, you know, those five years, you obviously got better. Um, you know, Lincoln got better. I got better. Lincoln leaves on a Monday to go to Oklahoma. I had interviewed at the convention uh, for the cow job. They offered me basically the job on the spot, and I leave on a Friday. So um, after that, we uh, I went to cows there for two years. You know, one year is Tony Franklin. Learned a lot from him. The next year, uh, we needed an OC, so I told Sonny Dykes at the time, who was also a coach at uh, Texas Tech, who hired me. That's why it made sense uh, to hire Jake, because I knew Jake. Jake was at A&M, or he just got let go at A&M. So it all kind of came full circle there. Um, you know, we got fired there. Jake's like, hey, I got you a job. He said, Cliff's about to call you. I'm like, that's my alma mater. Yeah, I'll go. You know, my wife's alma mater. She's fired up. We go there. Um, had some significant improvements, you know, first year, uh, got beat up, beat up the second year and we get fired from there too. So after that, uh, you know, got offered a few jobs. I actually took the job at North Carolina for about three weeks and Dana calls me around Christmas. I'm in Dallas at the time and he's just like, Hey, I want you here. You know, I give Dana so much hard time. You know, I was like, you've known me forever. You've never hired me, you know, and it, again, it, it will be personal a lot of the times. Uh, you know, especially when we played them, like it was, that was always circled on my schedule, uh, just to kind of prove him wrong. But uh, he, uh, he called me, it just made sense. You know, I didn't know Mac Brown. I obviously was thankful for the opportunity, but I didn't know him. Um, and, you know, I've got two younger daughters and, you know, we're from basically Dallas and, you know, the grandparents are in Dallas. So it just gave me an opportunity to get back here and, you know, provide a little bit of stability. Well, that's, you know, the, the who's who of, of the air raid coaches that you've been around. I mean, yeah. really. Um, and then <clears throat> at East Carolina, you guys kind of set us up. I was actually at Houston, I think, when you were at East Carolina. Mm -hmm. uh, you guys had set us up because we were still vertical pass setting. And yeah. we the first year, uh, my freshman year, we beat East Carolina pretty badly. But then we went to East Carolina, and our offensive line got abused. I personally got abused by some of those defensive ends. They're doing the Lawrence Taylor. We were yeah. turning. They were throwing us past. Yeah, no doubt. And the uh, what a that, place. I, I mean, that's a cool, cool place. Yeah, that was one of the – that – I should have gotten fired after that game. I mean, we gave up nine sacks when we came down here. Uh, really simple, and that's what I'm talking about, just, just your growth, I think, mm. throughout your career. I mean, it was basic stuff. Like, this is like – idiot proof stuff but I just my 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 preparation I mean it was bare and they just y'all kept plugging the mic and we just we couldn't figure it out and it's just poor coaching but 
Um, that was probably the one of the worst games I've ever been a part of. And y'all just couldn't be stopped offensively. I guess Cliff, that was Cliff calling the plays. And, I mean, it was up and down the damn field. So, it was rough. It was Cliff, you know, Tyrone was still there uh, at, at receiver, um, who's back coaching with you guys again. And so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a cool year with a great quarterback, which always makes that, uh, that offense, you know, really good, I think. Um, but so, so how have you going from the vertical pass set days, like you said, um, and, and that's kind of always the transition I think right now has been, you don't, you don't see that as often. How have you transitioned from that? What are some of those, the, the reasons maybe that you have made that transition? Well, I, I personally think it's just based on what type of offense you run. You know, like Leach, they still do it. They're going to do it at Mississippi State. I, uh, it'd be interesting to watch that, you know. But um, he's really the only one. I think Tony Franklin still does at Middle But uh, And I had to do it that first year when I got the cow. And that's probably what sold him on the fact that I could do it. I've seen it. I played in it. So, we verticals at there, but I just didn't feel like we had enough power. You know, the, the difference in that is we were so uh, massive. You know, you're 330, you know, some guys are 350, you know, so you can vertical set and shut down the bull rush. That my very, very first year at East Carolina, we just were in everybody's lap. And I just, you know, I just needed to transition. The other thing that got me is I had a tackle at East Carolina. He ended up going, I think, to Chargers, he was just wasting the reps. Like you cannot use that in in the NFL. And he said he caught himself often uh, verbal set and coaching. Like what the hell are you doing? So I just thought from a transitional, you know, if you do have that opportunity and just I don't know the norm. I've kind of merged them. I mean, we don't really kick at 45s, you know, unless you're a guard and you got three technique. We're usually kicking vertical. It's really beneficial picking up twists, and that's, you know, basically, you know, the start of it all. Well, I always found it was made it a little bit easier, too, when we were going odd and, and dual mm -hmm. sort and kind of let it, you know, let some things, which you can still do with getting depth off of a, a normal pass set. Yeah. So, my problem with dual sort is always, and I didn't get to play the position, so I don't have any good coaching points, I don't think, for it, is what you played, which is center. I mean, mm -hmm. you're on an island. You've yeah. got a nose, which probably isn't the most, the best pass rusher on the team in a 3-4, but you're all by yourself unless, you know, the guards read out and come back and help. Absolutely. Do you have any tips? Do you have any hints? What are you, what are you telling your center? Because even, you know, there's even times that you'd like, I'd like to tell them, hey, Jam set them, get on them right now. But now we're on different levels, and now we've got a twist, and it, it makes it tough. Yeah, you always – I mean, I try to get them to just kind of kick vertical for about two, uh, just so they don't get beat right away. You know, and all you're doing, you're really going – I teach the guards their reads, and you're probably the same. It's back or B-gap nose. That, and I, I usually – and this is probably something that a lot of people don't do is, you know, everybody's like, my eyes were there. So, and for our run game stuff too. I put a long stripe on their practice helmet so I can see, like, the progression. You know what I mean? With their eyes. So, um, that's helped me. And, and I really just try to tell the center, just draw a tie. You know, draw a tie. Buy yourself enough time for the guards to come help. You know, if they're on smash, they're on, you know, saw something like that, you're obviously by yourself. But that's basically, you know, what I did. It helped me. You know, I've got – I had the – probably the – two best guards to ever play in Lubbock. And, I mean, they're 10-year NFL vets. So, I mean, they went through those reads pretty quick. 
and they were coming, so I'm just posting them, and there's the guy's going to get killed anyway, so from either side. I'd, I'd, I'd never heard, Coach, of, of the stripe in, in practice. Is that just something that you put on the offensive line? I mean, you just ask the managers, put it on the offense. I love that idea, but it, yeah. it seems so simple, but I've well, never thought yeah. of it. Yeah, and you know, my, uh, my, my, my favorite run play, which Dana hates, which I'm working on slowly but surely, is, is outside zone. So that just makes sure I can, you know, if, if we're watching the back end, I can see them checking the B gap, overdoing the B gap. Or even from a pass protection, I think it helps a lot in odd, but like in, in the, uh, you know, the man slide type deal. Are you staying in your defense? So that is healthy ran right my points when I'm making corrections. Okay, Coach, so you, go ahead, Walls. I was just going to ask him a quick question about, you know, the, the center when you're talking about, you know, he takes his quick two. Is he then going to play with a stagger or is his feet, you know, going to be pretty much parallel so he can go either direction? Uh, and, and in an odd front, it's usually parallel. Uh, for me as a player, and I try to teach it, and the kids look at me like I'm stupid. I initially – I didn't move to guard until – or center, excuse me, until my redshirt sophomore year, like my third year in college. So in order uh, to cover those – cover all the ground we had to, you know, we had those wide splits, I would have a stagger. If we were sliding left, obviously my left foot would be back so I can kick it a 45 and get there, you know, and cover ground. But – the kids these days, they, you know, I think my one of my centers, he he likes it. Uh, the thing at center, though, if you have a one technique, I try to get them to dictate their rush. You know, you know, pre-snap, they have a three-way counter. So, if, if, if you can obviously half a man it or take a little more of it, they've got to pull your cross face, you know. So, that kind of helps you, um, at least I feel, and that's kind of my coaching point there. How much did you use that that offhand uh, with when you were snapping? I mean, I, I sucked at it. I sucked at it. I tried really? it. And I, <laughs> I, dribble, I dribble that damn ball back there. Um, you know, if you get enough depth, you should you get a big two hand punch, and that's probably like one of the things Bill told me. Like you and I wasn't great. Don't please don't get it confused but I would punch you and I'd lean I mean all the stuff like I would be so hard on myself now but uh, <laughs> I never was good enough to get the pulley system I just couldn't just wasn't advanced enough I guess no well well that's what I was gonna say I you know I've seen guys use it but then I was backup center so it was always hard for me to use it when I had a guy on my on my snap yeah, hand, no doubt, and then no if you doubt. do that, now you're turning that shoulder and giving them that big shoulder. I just never understood it. Yeah, it, we were just so we were taught just to get depth, you know. And I don't. It was just one of those deals. I just I tried it a few times. I probably tried it in practice. Just wasn't confident enough to do yeah. it again. Yeah. So you talk outside zone. Um, I'm something I'm digging into a lot more this year. Um, and and I really like it out of pistol, but everyone wants to do it out of offset. And for me, it makes it really, really hard on us without it being its own thing. Is, are, are you guys doing – are you wanting to do it out of both? Do you like it out of offset? What What are some of the – maybe some things I can you can help me with when we're doing it out of offset? The, uh, probably the, the, the best thing uh... – that that has helped me, and I I just I'm really really fortunate. So I I went to the cool clinic and I heard Trickett talk about it, and he just talks about 
you know, running off the ball. He didn't care about offset. He didn't talk. He didn't care about pistol. You know, they just ran it like to the T, I guess, with, you know, when they had their national championship. The the other guy, our DC at the time, is David Gibbs, which his dad is like the damn father of outside zone. Uh-huh. He came, you know, when I was at Tech and he watched. He wouldn't – he watched our cut-ups, you know, just from a coaching standpoint. All they run it – he ran it with the Broncos. They were only in the offset out. And he told me if it's – or not offset, but, you know, you know what I mean, like pistol offset eye. And he told me if it was offset, like 10 personnel, he's like, don't even play it. I'm not even going to watch it. He's like, I think it's stupid. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, well, you know, we pass it a lot, bro. So, you're out there. <laughs> but – I think I, – I do believe it's a little – I think it's better out of pistol, but it never matches what we do offensively. We don't have right. any game out of pistol. Uh, we don't – you know, I I convinced Cliff to do it because uh, Cliff just, you know, he doesn't care. He's just going to just get a first down. As long as it works, he never was, like, critical of it. The reason I like the pistol is, you know, people can't dictate where the ball's going. You know, they can't assume. They can't predetermine. Um, <clears throat> but I do think uh, – you can run it, you know. Uh, I, I'm a big zone away from trip, so I would go, you know, early, 17. Everybody sets a three technique to the to the trips, you know, so you should have some air there. Uh, but, you know, the biggest thing is I cut splits on outside zone and I blind post everybody. So if you're on coverage, you're blind posting, you're sticking that hand out, you have to check the B gap. The the probably the, the worst thing can, that can happen is if you do run it to a three technique and you get beat on slant straight. So my progression is, you know, I do a lot of half line stuff. We'll just set it up, you know, uh, center right guard, right tackle. I'll give them a one technique. I'll rock the front both ways. I'll rock the guy and, I'll, you know, I plus the back or wherever the backer might be. And we just do that repetitively and uh, just – you just get better at it. My, my GA, he does the backside of it. You know, he's opening up, ripping the wind. We cut on the pad. I mean, so we kind of just gel it all together with some uh, kind of carded up stuff during special teams. Gotcha. So so then my other question is, and just being, again, around all the, the air raid offensive line guys, is uh, I would assume, and I don't get to watch as much Houston as I wish I could because we're working on Saturdays, but mm-hmm. I would assume you guys are also pretty heavy inside zone just – because that's what the air raid has done in the past. Yeah, that's, you know, we, we really only have three run plays. Uh, we run inside, outside, and GT. And we really uh, – I bet GT is our top play. I mean, they're all – I mean, we were all – all our runs statistically were over like five and a half yards per carry. Now, we struggled throwing the ball, which uh, we, were, we were correcting in spring ball, but – this is the best I've ever run the ball in my career. And Dana's kind of morphed as as opposed to when, you know, you might have seen him in the past. He's an 11 personnel. We're going to run it. And, I mean, we're running in some bad looks now. But uh, <laughs> he obviously didn't care. But uh, I think we finished 36. Like I said, in my 12-year coaching career, that's the highest I've ever – You know, <laughs> right. That's, that's up there. Um, but I've also – uh, you know, you're used to light boxes. And this this that challenged me this year, which I was prepared for. But, you know, I want to be in 10 personnel, and I want to spread you out, and I want to run into a 4-1 box, which I just wasn't getting, you know, this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was what it was always based on. You know, when I was there in Houston, it was if it's 
more than five in the box, we're throwing it. Don't worry about sure. how, how they're in there anyways. And so, mm-hmm. so my always, my big question is when you get that front side shade on, on inside zone, mm-hmm. are you, are you working left guard with your tackle or are you working left? Like if it's zone left, left mm-hmm. guard, there's a shade on the center. Are you working left guard with tackle or are you working left guard with the center? Left guard with the center. So inside zone, I'm vertical on two. Short left. I mean, and, and if he, you know, if he's a shade, we have a call. If he's a shade, we make a Zorro call. I've got a lot of dumb names, but it's called <laughs> Zorro. And that really tells him, I take that back. If they, if he's a shade front side, we're probably getting an edge blitz front side. So we have a Zorro to where the center and the right guard will take that over. Come together. We'll fan out front side which we see that quite a bit. And no, that's a, that's a really good question. But yeah, any shade it looks, that's what we do. And same thing, if we're running same looks, shades to the left, and we're running, you know, inside zone right, we have a call where the center and the backside guard are working and it solos up the frontside guard, just because you're anticipating a guy crossing face and you want the left guard to climb to the mic, so. Gotcha. Yeah, that's always the other big one I was going to ask you on is is mm-hmm. what's that center doing, you know? And and we've had guys that were good enough at, in college to check the three, get vertical on the shade up to the linebacker. I just don't know. We've tried it here at high school. I've had you know quite a bit of trouble getting those guys to work through that that process in their head. And it's really, I mean, it, it just it's a you know like I said, you're vertical on your second step. It's short chip climb if he crosses face you collect him the guard climbs on his second step it's just it just it takes time it just it's it's a rep deal and and i mean if you just got like a bigger nose guard that's just a space eater that's not crossing face they just haven't shaded we're gonna just convert it to just a heavy double team and i'm a big crather guy i mean that's everyday deal and i'll just kind of go from there coach you guys still running i know uh Dana had kind of been one of the originators of the stick draw. Are you guys still doing some of that where you'll run some fold draw? Or is that kind of gone by the no, wayside? Yeah, we don't do fold draw, but we do we do stick draw, you know. Uh you know, away from uh away from the trips, you got the stick and then we're running the other way. Uh but yeah, it hadn't been as good, I don't think. Uh, so he's kind of, he's got a few different variations. We've got, you know, we've got that quarterback draw off the shallow, uh, which is a big play for us. And then we've got one out of two by two where it's like, uh, double speed outs, uh, and we're just blocking like a four, one box. So those are the three kind of variations of draws that we have right now. Obviously being an offensive line guy playing coaching, uh, but you know all these college coaches, but but you have such a you know a good understanding of the passing game and even what you like in the passing game. How do you how do you figure that out as an offensive line coach? I mean, for some of the young offensive line guys like me, that I'm like, oh, I should really learn more about coverages. I should really learn more about you know our our passing concepts. But then it's like, uh, but I've got so much more to to do with offensive line. Was it the year that you were with running backs? Is it just always you're trying to figure something out? Well, and this is why I love him, and he's always been blunt with me. He's like, the problem with O-line coaches is they all want to worry about, like, the passing game. He's like, just worry about blocking the box. If you ever – if you ask any of my friends, that's what they're going to tell you. That's all a guy cares about is blocking the box. I don't necessarily – I know basic coverages and all that stuff. I don't – 
put that in my kids' head because I think it, you know, it creates confusion. You know, you, you're complicating things. Uh, but you know, I know Bill does it. If he would have done that to me, I would have laughed in his face because I was, wasn't smart enough to do that at the time. Um, you know, the difference just throughout the years, we all kind of morphed into playing fast, so I couldn't ask the guys to read safeties, you know, read the backers' demeanors. You know, all these – if we're trying to – you know, especially with Cliff, we ran damn 90 plays a game. So That's right. Them, so you, you're just trying to – you're constantly and, – and I think for myself, uh, you know, if you if if you simplify it, they're confident. You know what I mean, and that's what uh, you know. Some people they have a thousand calls. You know they've got all these other different deals. We're efficient and we're effective, but I'm also pretty damn simple. And we 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 obviously have some core stuff that we do repetitively, and you just get good at. It. That's why the air raid works. I mean, just think how many times they run four verticals. Just think about how many times they run in 95 or across whatever you want to call it. but the other only thing that really got me was the year Kyle Tom Franklin he releases every passing concept so uh, the only game I really struggle with uh, was San Diego State you know they do a lot of radar stuff and, and it just you know that was one of those deals I had to start that in the summer uh, and pick up on Tennessee uh, you know as far as empty protection, at least at the time, if we were truly empty, I just do a boundary field breakdown, and that's where I tell them to start. You know what I mean? If the field percentage is extremely high, we'll start to slide to the field and just kind of go from there. But uh, it's all based on what they give you and just kind of go move from there. But just study the game. Like, I mean, I'm up here, and I've got my little setup, but I've been doing rice, and this is – I just draw blitzes and, you know, ideas, run game ideas. I draw blitzes. Part of those blitzes is what the kids will see. Coach, Coach shifting gears a little, little. kind of to, uh, you know, recruiting, you know, who, what are some of the guys you're kind of looking for? I, I, I want to think about two spots, you know. Obviously, you coaching the run game, you're going to have to worry about coaching or recruiting offense, offensive linemen. I'm also interested to hear kind of, you know, what type of running backs you're looking to recruit in that system as well. Yeah, uh, the the guys that have been – and I've kind of changed, obviously, throughout the years. You, you really want just uh, tight ends, you know, that can't do it, you know. Uh, that can put 30 pounds on, put 40 pounds on, and just be a monster. I mean, if you look at all the tackles in the NFL, that's what they are. They're just converted athletes. Uh, so kind of starting there, uh, you know, I usually try to go 6-4 and up. I mean, 6-3. I'd usually take all tackles out of uh, out of high school. If you don't play tackle in high school, I'm probably not going to look at you unless there's just some, like, like we run, they we're heavy inside zone, so we put our best player there. I mean, it's got to be some reasoning like that. But um, you know, athletic. I really do think you know the multi-sport deal. It's really, in my opinion, important because uh, it just helps them move well. You just think what we do offensively. Uh, those guys can't be three thirty and just run damn power every day, every play. So you've got to get some athletic guys. We still run a ton of rocket and lasers and. Hell, we probably have about eight screens now, so we have to be able to move um, and, and be athletic. So, 
Uh, but I will take just one ass kicker. He could be sloppy. He could be like 6'2", 350. <laughs> but at least I know he's going to knock some people's ass off the ball, you know. So it's not an exact science. You know, fortunately, you're usually able to take five. If you can hit on three, hell, you, you're, 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 you're excelling. But, I mean, you can't go over in a class. And that's kind of what it is. The running backs, I think it's, it's changed uh, quite a bit. Uh, we all used to want the little scat backs, but I mean, we've got like some damn, like our two running backs are probably 210, you know, 215, like 5'11". Like they can do it all though. Uh, I think back then, I think you guys had Charles Sims. Charles Sims is tiny, but he could roll and he could catch the ball. You know, he could do all that stuff. So uh, we have a change of pace type back, but we also have, with us being more of a run first offense, at least now, I think uh, we have about three backs that are about the same stature that can run in between the tackles. Yeah, and, and I mean, the cool part about, you know, being at Houston is th there's three pockets at the very least in, in Texas that, I mean, you guys wouldn't have to leave those three pockets. You wouldn't have to leave Houston if, if, you know, if all the kids wanted to come to Houston. But at the very least, Houston, Dallas, and, and that East Texas area, it's, it's um, unbelievably saturated with, with just unbelievable talent coming through. I mean, you, you know, I get there at Houston and almost whatever many 25 recruits we had, you know, 20 of them it seemed like were from, yeah. you know, Dallas, Houston, uh, or East Texas. Absolutely. And that's, that's kind of our, our big emphasis, um, you know, that in the New Orleans area. Uh, but we all, you know, we have 10 coaches now, so we can kind of spread it out pretty good. The, the good thing for me um, is I've got Dallas, which Dallas is home, uh, and I kind of have my little corridor that I'm, I know damn everybody, but I also have to go see all the offensive line. So, uh, I think from a, you know, from a, a, a position coach, I, I think it's a can't miss. Uh, you develop a relationship with the kids. I'm not asking, you know, uh, the receiver coach, well, how's this old lineman? No, I'm going to go actually see for myself, uh, you know, trust my judgment, my gut, and uh, just the relationships that you develop with the kids. You know when there's red flags, you know. I'll uh, just, damn, that you know, that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Why would he say that, you know? And that's kind of like, well, hell, maybe that's what type of person he really is. So I think if you have the ability just to recruit your position, uh, you know, you're not going to recruit, you know, you're not recruiting just stars and, you know, status. You better get some damn players that can play because it's your livelihood. Well, Coach, this year, you know, you, you worked with, with you know, I'm sure, the gamut of different kids from, um, you know, freshmen just coming in to a kid that – goes in the third round, which, you know, I, I was hoping he'd go first round, but a kid I thought, that I swear he was, but. <laughs> I it was it was crazy to me. But anyways, you know, a kid that's that's drafted, which doesn't happen at Houston very often on the offensive line for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's happened before for sure, but um it doesn't happen as often as the skill kids get drafted at, at Houston. And so working with a kid of of that caliber of an athlete and then you're also working with some freshmen that are great, I'm sure, on as well, but a huge, you know, span. How do you, how do you work with, you know, that's the group of starters and your group of, of you know, rookies coming in uh, in, that, in, in the fall practices, you know, going into the yeah. season? How do you get your, your old guys from being not bored and, and getting them better, but 
not put not making a you know senior level you know algebra on your on your rookies coming in uh, you know trying to learn the system yeah i, I think it's uh yeah I, my my graduate assistant he played for me he's known me forever uh i usually make the freshmen meet with him individually and you kind of double it up so they meet with him and then they come kind of to the older guy meeting like in the afternoon so you're just you're constantly trying to uh you know you're constantly trying to uh speed up the process uh you know it it's it's no different i mean i treat everybody the same i'm hard on everybody from the walk-ons to the damn seniors to the freshmen i mean you name it nobody's nobody's different i you know, I MF Josh so much and everybody. And I mean, as long as, as long as you know, there's, they know there's no favoritism, everybody's going to be treated fair. I think, you know, and just the open competition deal, it obviously helps uh, from a, you know, a preparation standpoint, you know, once we started rolling, uh, you know, I only roll like a top eight, you know, and, and, you know, you ask me, how do you keep kids from getting bored? Uh, hell, I make them play multiple positions. So you, you'll you never have it all figured out. And I think, um, you know, I'm a big walkthrough guy like that notebook I just showed you. Like all of these blitzes, we will run these. Um, you know, we get a 30-minute special teams period. And it's about, you know, it's helmets off. It's more of the mental part of it, you know. And there I'll have my top eight guys roll. So I always have a backup center. I've got a swing guard. I've got a swing tackle. And that way, if there is injury throughout the game, there's still some type of chemistry with the guy next to you. You know what I mean? And I think at least until we really, really got beat up, that helps you sustain, you know, you know, some, some consistency up front because uh, you just have to be prepared for it. And that's kind of my approach to it. Coach, I love that. I, it was one of the things I did as an O-line coach, too, just, you know, like you said, shuffling those guys around and learning spots. Um, I'm always curious to find out, you know, how do you kind of find your backup center? Is it something you guys, you know, take volunteers? Do you make everybody kind of snap before practice? I'm always interested to hear that because, again, obviously yeah. when you're in the gun, it's huge. Yeah, it's uh, – so we really have four centers, and uh, – it, it, I've gotten burned on it. Hell, I got burned on it this year, too. So my first time was at East Carolina. We had a kid, you know, he just flat out quit. We beat NC State. He was playing well. He just flat out quit. You know, one of those deals. Uh, the next kid, uh, he gets in there, the little guy, wasn't really great. Uh, he, he wasn't eligible to play in the bowl game. So I had to move my left guard to center. Um, and he couldn't figure out the snap count. I mean, it was just – it was a it was a bad day. And I promised myself I would always have four centers. So, uh, and this year this happened again. Our starting center tears his shoulder up on a cut drill on a Sunday. Uh, so, luckily, we had had a kid that I had already started to prepare to play center, Jack Freeman, uh, which he uh, – you know, he stepped in and played decent, played well at times. And then I knew, you know, there's a possibility, well, what happens if, what happens if Jack goes down? So I trained Keenan Murphy, who's our left guard, to start snapping, like, right when Braylon gets hurt. So Jack gets a concussion, can't play Tulsa. Guess who starts at damn center? Keenan. And we actually won. So – and then I had a true freshman that uh, – 
you know, that's that that was obviously available, just wasn't confident in putting him in right now. But always I think it's important you have four. And I mean, will that happen every year? No, but at least you 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 have a solution and you're prepared for it. Coach, you moved from guard to center. Do you have any any technique or any tips for center snapping? The the only guy that my best friend at Houston, he got moved to center. And he just went with the, I'm going to snap it 2,000 times. And eventually he, he ended up hitting it where he needed to hit it. Um, yeah. You have any, any good things to tell guys? That, I mean, that's always been my approach because that's how that guy did it. Absolutely. It's repetition. So, like I said, like, we have this thing called snap school. And they'll go snap, you know, 300, 400 yards a game. It's a snap you know, walk up five, snap, walk up five, snap, walk up five. Now, what's important is I make whoever's catching their snaps, they've got a hold and it's got to be right there. If it's high, anywhere, you're not moving. You can't advance. So, uh, they do that, but there is. There's no other way to figure it out other than repetition. And I, I'll never forget this. Leach comes out there and he's like, I don't get why you're struggling snapping. And he demonstrates it for me. And I'm like, you're – fucking idiot because you don't have a 300 pound person in front of you and he just couldn't he's like it's not their horse <laughs> it is and so I had a really bad problem with snapping going left and I actually snapped it 30 yards deep in a game I mean over the quarterback's head it was just high heat but I think getting your wrist taped so you can't this is what kills people so I want to say my junior year, I wore a brace to where I couldn't flick it and I mean there's just stuff like that if your wrist is locked you should be okay but taping it over taping it uh, I think will help you know now a lot of people they've gone to the dead ball snap which I think Keenan did throughout the game uh, it kind of hurts my pride you know being a center <laughs> if I can't get a kid to snap you know the damn normal way so but we have had to do it and it's you know what it's like it's just whatever works to help the team that's exactly right. That's a good point. It hurts my pride just to even have the kids work on it. But but if you have to, I mean, you have to. Uh, I was my senior year. I was the backup center, um, and I only had to snap once because the center's helmet came off, or whatever. But what I didn't tell the coach, which uh, you know, was I had taped up my my gloves were taped up on both hands. And yeah. And, and so then I go into center and I'm like, what am I supposed to do? I always assumed I'd be able to cut it off, you know, at, at during, you know, whatever. No, nope. send me over and I just prayed and snapped it back there. Yeah, man. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm a big, like no glove guy. And then you just have to do what you do in practice, you know? And if, like, I haven't, I don't let them, the centers, they can't wear gloves because you, you, I mean, you gotta be able to lick your fingers and use your towel and all that stuff. And, I mean, that's just kind of a, you know, pet peeve of mine. Do you do you guys put – I know you, you keep it a little more simple. You know, you said is not simple is not the good word, but, it, you know, easier for your kids so they can play fast. Do you still put a bunch on your center like uh, traditionally Air Raid kind of has in the past? Absolutely. The, center, the centers are the quarterback, and when things aren't going right, they, they usually get – you know, the blunt of it. Now, they are also the group, and I meet, you know, those four kids, even all of them, even the backup center. Uh, you know, on Mondays, we watch the blitz tape together before the rest of the group does on Tuesday. They end up watching it again. Uh, but we usually meet daily just so we can uh, 
you know, they're thinking like I'm thinking and, you know, just seeing the specific looks like how should we target this? What should we call? What front should we call here? You know, all of those things. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're always, you know, they're, they're, they're the most important part of the puzzle in my opinion. Coach, you get all four of those guys then start to practice zero period or whatever. Are they doing that, you know, during noose or are they doing it just, you know, you give them a play and they got to take their steps. How do you get those guys taking extra snaps with the QBs? Yeah, uh, so it's really pre and post. Uh, we usually start as an offensive line maybe 10, 15 minutes before the rest of the team. So, and that's not very tiring. You know, that's just some, you know, just some everyday drills that, that I believe in. But once new starts, they go over there and snap. Now the, the transition, you know, like for the center, you know, I knew that was an issue this year, so we might even get there before everybody else, and they might just go five, you know, minutes of snapping. And I'm just calling the plays. You know, I'm inside zone right, inside zone left, or sliding left, sliding right, vertical set, you know, all those different things, um, just so they can all be on the same page. And it's the same deal, um, you know, post-practice at the end of practice. I do think it's important, which this – you know, just it just scares me. It just gives me damn nightmares. We always get about five under center snaps uh, pre and post, too. And I know we don't do it a lot, but I feel a lot better about it, investing the reps in it. That's exactly right. Um, so uh, I'm assuming you guys do some one-on-one -on -one pass pro, like most teams. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you have any creative or, or cool way that you guys do it? I know I've been uh, with plenty of different coaches that everyone's got a set. They point at people or just the mm -hmm. tackles are going, just centers of guards. How do you guys go through your one-on-one -on -one pass pro? Yeah, we uh, we really just go left left guard down. Yeah, I mean, excuse me, left tackle, left guard, center, right guard, right tackle. And then we start it up. We'll roll the second group in. I'm I'm encouraging them to, uh, you know, obviously set on, set on air. Uh, the, the big emphasis this spring was punching. So I just told them as a unit, every one that did not punch, uh, that was five up downs for the unit. And, you know, after the first day when they did about 30, it's amazing. All of them, you know, they were some damn punching machines. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's the typical, you know, traditional deal, you know, D lineman's going to probably bull you with no pads on, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, try to be critical. I I probably take a different approach. Uh, hey, you overset that guy. He should have ripped and beat you inside. You know, I try to teach him from like a defensive lineman perspective. So I always get like a, you know, 10, 15 second like coaching point in um, just so they reiterate it. And then obviously watching reiterated in film too. So it's kind of my deal there. You were, you know, like you said, kind of known as being someone that had a great punch. What do you do as a coach or even as a player to work that timing? Timing was something that I just never had as a player. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't really know. I know through one-on-one -on -one reps to know when the timing's off. I just don't know a great way necessarily to work that timing with, with any yeah. drills that aren't full speed one-on-one -on -one pass pro. True. I think uh, there's, there's a few things. I'm a big believer in med ball sets. Uh, you know, just punching. I mean, you got to punch. You got to lock out. You're walking in place. Post foot's up. Shoulders back. Uh, you have to have. I usually go three at a time. You have to have three perfect reps. You know, vertical setting. You'll go vertical post inside, vertical post inside, counter back out. So we probably do that every other day. Uh, but you just you just got to constantly put an emphasis on it. You know, obviously we do the mirror drill. Uh, I probably have about five you know, five to eight, just pure punching drills. Like, that's the only thing we're trying to 
um, accomplishing these deals and um, just pray they get better at it. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I gotcha. Well, yeah, you know, talking centers and talking, you know, defense going full speed. Uh, I, I still remember probably the most I've ever seen one of our players get smithereened when I was there at Houston as we were going through three-quarter speed, walk through whatever, no pads. Uh, mm -hmm. Our center gets bull rushed as we're going through team by a guy in no pads, and next play cuts the guy, cuts the guy with no pads on, and the coaches went berserk on him. But he yeah. took it. He took it. He said it, it needed to happen anyway. Oh, yeah. You get that all the time, and it's just, it's the same deal. We're we're still doing walkthroughs, and you you just got a lot of guys that just are trying to make a name for themselves. And you know what it's like. You just mm -hmm. I fought some scout team guys a lot, and I mean it wasn't their fault. They're just giving me a good look. I just didn't like it at the time. So <laughs> we obviously we we encourage that, and I think Dana does a creative deal where they grade the scout teams and. Hmm grades their you know they grade your effort and I mean they're gonna call you out and he pays attention to it and so you're getting good work and I think that's important I, I think really taking your scout team seriously as a player can make you so much better I remember the the year I got to play on scout team my freshman year it was actually you know kind of a weird setup but we had BJ um, and we had Lee Hayes as well and Lee Hayes was was his GA but Instead of being the GA, he was like the – like you said, he met with all the freshmen, and then he ran scout team offensive line. He didn't have to draw the cards. He was just in charge of the offensive line with the scout team. And yeah, played and hard, too. Made us play hard. We got so much better than, than opposed to, hey, you scout guys, go play scout team, and no one was great. I mean, it was his only job. He graded it. He did all the stuff, and, and that freshman group just got so much better because it was like a year of real, real football. Yeah, you do, and and I think I'm really hard on those guys, and you know it it takes a few up downs, and you know I'll make a cut up, you know just, you know how they're just coasting, not playing hard. I know damn well they wouldn't do that if I was over there, so I make that a point um, that I'm always watching, and you know I say I watched it, and you know they're gonna go balls to the wall that day, uh, so you know it's a lot of mind games and, and stuff like that but it works and, and but it, it does and I think I was on the scout team two years and hell I'm your kids don't understand this but you're getting to go against the best that we have to offer defensively take mm -hmm. advantage of it improve you know you know the speed of the game is a little different get better at that but focus on your technique and embrace it don't think you're getting screwed I mean you're not ready to play and especially at O-line that's such a developmental position hell be happy that you're getting to go against those guys. That's exactly right. So, so coach, here's my question. I love to ask guys that have, that have played. Um, mm -hmm. Do you have any any? Did you have any pet peeve drills that you always had to do that you thought were stupid? That that now as a coach, either you're still doing them because they work, or that you were like, uh, "There's no way I'll ever put anyone through that drill." Yeah, I mean the 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 funny thing is is we threw the ball so damn much. I mean, it's just pass pro. It's constant pass pro. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you know, that was one of the things as an O-line coach I needed to figure out with some more run drills. So uh, we did one deal that I thought was really dumb. It's like uh, the softball, you know, rolling. You're like grounding, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it. Like you're a baseball player. You're grounding uh -huh. like a shortstop. And, 
I thought that was so damn stupid. It's probably because of my hips were so bad and I couldn't <laughs> bend. But, I mean, you're really fielding uh, all these deals. And I'm just like, I'm never doing that. I did it as a GA because I knew how much pain it is. And I just tortured them. Uh, <laughs> I don't do that anymore. Coach, you know, watching the, the last dance with Michael Jordan, and I know you just, you know, coached a guy that's a first-round left tackle. Mm -hmm. You should have been a first-round left tackle, you know. I just kind of always want to get your guys' kind of point of view, you know, what separates those guys? Obviously, great athletic ability, you know, but what are some things that, that those guys are doing, maybe their mentality, their work ethic, some things that you get to see and you have that perspective that kind of shows that, man, this guy's got a chance to be really special. Yeah, I, I, I would definitely say it's, it's work ethic. And that's, you know, myself included, like, what are you doing to be the best? What's going to separate me from all the other offensive line coaches? And that's what I told him. I said, there's, you know, I mean, I think it's 122 Division One schools. What are you doing better than the other 244 tackles? What's going to separate you? You know, what, what, what's going to, you know, catch people's eye on film? And, and I knew, uh, you know, for him, like, we did a lot of stuff just individually in the summer. He was just eager to get better. Uh, you know, his work ethic had improved. You know, he took his, his dieting seriously. Uh, the thing that screwed Josh, in my opinion, is he had four different O-line coaches, you know. Like, he had a new O-line coach every year. Mm -hmm. and, you know, I was probably a lot harder on him because um, I thought he underachieved the year before. Um, but he he just – I mean, he worked. And I mean, he looked on Saturdays, you name it. Um, and I kind of encouraged him to do that because this was your year. I mean, uh, but I think the, the work ethic, uh, just the, like the burning desire to be great. I mean, that's, that's something that, especially now kids don't have that. I spend more time motivating kids, but, uh, you know, what are you doing when nobody's looking? And I know he was working and that's why he was in the position he was in. Well, I think you hit the nail on the head, Coach, with that at Houston, at least in the past, you know, 15 years, it seems like. It's been a revolving door of coaches, whether, you know, whether they do really well and, and they go to the next place or um, they don't do as well as some think they should, and then they're out within a few years. I mean, uh, it, you talk about him having four coaches. The guys before them, you know – the kids that were a year younger than me had five offensive line coaches. And so mm -hmm. it's not a, you know, it's not a new thing there. And so hopefully, um, you know, I, I'm hoping at least for the university and every, everything that you guys can, can stay there and, and work with those kids. And, you know, what a huge benefit that would be for those kids to have the same coordinator, the same offensive line coach, the same head coach, you know, uh, the entire time that they're there to build a program. And I think, yeah, and that's, that's you know, obviously contractually I'm going to be here, but I want to be here too. And, right. uh, you know, I had some opportunities this year. I go in there and I tell Dane, I was like, you're lucky. I love you. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stay, but I'm also in a point in my career where I'm tired of moving. You know, I've got the two little girls and um, they've moved hell from coast to coast and, I mean, it's just not fair to them, and, you know, this is just where I want to be, I mean, and uh, it's going to take a lot for me to leave, and, and I just, you know, it, it's, it's good working for Dana. Uh, I owe Dana a lot. I mean, he's been there for me from the start, and I just want to do a really good job for him, and uh, I want to be able to build 
you know, a unit. You know, I've at East Carolina, that's probably one of my better old lines, but I'd also been there five years and, you know, you get it the way it's supposed to be as far as culture and um, all those things. So that's what I'm looking forward to and, and looking forward to winning some games, you know. You know, my, my, my own self, you know, selfish, selfless, whatever it is, pitch for Houston, um, it was – it was such a cool place to be at. And, and, uh, and the cool part for some of these kids is that it's even nicer, uh, you know, 20 times nicer than it was six it really years did. ago with the, with the indoor, with the stadium, with, with all that stuff. It, it's so amazing for those kids. But, you know, the part that I loved about being there is, is you kind of had to be a little bit tough to, to yeah. live in, in that area, to get around, you know, even – even just talking about the heat, you know, the heat, yeah. you had to live through that. You know, I used to live over over by Hobby Airport. Um, I don't even know if they still have those apartments, but they're, you know, for, you know, three ninety five a month. Uh, right. So it was a, it was a grimy place in Houston, you know, so oh, yeah. but it was just cool to to, you know, tough through all that stuff. And, and you felt really good about where you were. And and now it's, you know, like I said, I'm sure 50 times nicer. I haven't got to be down there in a while, but. Uh, so many good things for those kids that that I you know I'm excited to see you guys work through that the, you know the next several years. Yeah, absolutely, and I think it's you know the just the amount of resources that we do have here, and I've been you know enough places, and and you know it it doesn't even compare in my opinion, and that's how I knew they were serious. Uh, obviously, getting a winning Big Twelve coach to uh, leave and and come here and. Hell, if I didn't feel obviously confident about the situation or Dana, I would have stayed in North Carolina. So it, I just think it's, it's the trajectory of this place is like through the roof. You know, basketball's doing well. Track is always good. And I mean, we'll, we'll get football going here too. Well, coach, you know, rolling up on an hour, I want to let you go. But l last thing I like to ask guys before we cut them loose is when mm -hmm. you're watching another team's offensive line, What's mm -hmm. some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Hmm. Well, uh, I think just overall execution and them playing together well as a unit. And you have to be a dick. I mean, you need to be physical. Uh, I mean, some elbows, some, some borderline high lows, you know, just trying to enforce your, your will on, on, on an opponent. And, uh, that's that's what I strive to. Just all the characteristics I'm looking for in my offensive line. Uh, if and that's you know that's why I love Bill's O line. You know I like Sam Pittman. I mean, those are like some of my favorites. The Oregon O line. I mean, I thought they you know they had multiple seniors, but they played well as a unit and they just executed at a high level. So those those kind of things stand out to me. Coach, man, it's been a blast. I know Coach Harp and I keep saying it, but we got to get down to Houston, and you better believe we're coming to watch practice if we get a Absolutely. chance, man. Absolutely. You guys are more than welcome, man. Just let me know. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to, again, thank all of our sponsors. You guys, make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. 
Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.